Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. If you like cats, this is one of the better memes floating around the internet concerning the, the, the book of Revelation. I grew up a dog person, but my wife brought two kittens home when my kids were little, so now I'm a cat person, I guess. But if you, if you like cats, you, you can appreciate that, that verse. This is Wednesday evening, December the 7th, 2022. This is the beginning of a 26-week course on the book of Revelation. When I first moved to Huntsville and started working, I was caught by surprise hearing a couple of people in my office arguing for some reason. One was a lady who was one of my mentors. The other was a gentleman who was our prime contractor. He was the, 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 the project manager. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a nice argument either. They were really getting into it. Here you had two intelligent people arguing on something. It sounded like a sporting event. Uh, the guy turned out to be an Auburn graduate. The lady turned out to be an Alabama graduate. And being from Tennessee, I did not understand what was going on. So I asked my, asked my, my supervisor, what are they arguing about? He said, oh yeah, you're from Tennessee. He said, Every year about this time, the two major universities in, in Alabama play each other in something called the Iron Bowl. He said, get used to it because you'll hear for about a week after every Iron Bowl, you're going to hear the argument. And sure enough, they, they spent about a week arguing, then that was the end of it. Hearing them talk, it made me want to watch the game. I had never watched an Alabama-Auburn game in my life. I, I knew about Auburn because my, my sister-in-law and her family graduated from Auburn. And I grew up with a guy who was a big Alabama fan. I knew a guy in college who was a big Alabama fan. So I couldn't wait for the next year just to actually see what was actually going on. So finally the day came. The Iron Bowl came the next year. And I'm sitting there. I got my popcorn. I got my Coke. I'm, I think I've got a, a blanket on. I don't know. Sitting there watching the game. Okay, first quarter. It's over. Boring. Second quarter, halftime. Well, that was boring too. Third quarter, fourth quarter came to an end. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. And I'm still sitting there trying to find what they were arguing about. Post post game interviews, and then the station changed to another game. It's it's like someone trying to tell you a joke, and the punchline never comes. I I was quite disappointed when I was in college. That's how I basically got introduced to the book of Revelation. I was not interested in studying the book. I didn't really want to know much about the book. I just wanted to see what all the arguing was about. Um, tonight we're going to talk about some of those arguments. We're going to be talking about it throughout the next 26 weeks. Some of the topics that we're going to be covering, now we, we can't cover all of these. I hope that shows well. There's 22 chapters, and there, just off the top of my head, there's 59 topics covered by the book of Revelation. 
And that's without digging into the Scriptures and coming up with more. There is no way you can teach that in 13 weeks. It's not possible. It's not possible to teach it in 26 weeks, but we're going to try. Um, back when I taught in the, the window classroom here several years ago, I actually asked Paul Owen if I could have 39 weeks, and he laughed at me. He didn't think it was funny. He, was, he, he suspected that I was not in touch with reality, asking for 20, 39 weeks. One time in my life, I've actually taught Revelation from front to end, and all these topics, it took me 55 weeks. Uh, where is Paul? <laughs> I need 55 weeks to cover all this. We're not going to cover it all, but we'll cover, we'll cover a, a majority of it. This is going to be our class schedule. Now, at the end, you see buffer, buffer, and review. Those are already eaten up. We, we're not going to have a buffer. We're not going to have a review. The last time I taught Revelation, I had less than 10 minutes to cover chapter 21. That's how pushed we were for time. But we'll try to work through this as, as well as we can. Let's talk about some about the class format. We're going to be mentioning some facts about Revelation. We're going to be mentioning some facts about how the religious world treats this book. I don't have a lot of time to be euphemistic and, and, and flowery and, and terribly nice about it, so I'm just going to say facts frankly. That way you will know exactly where I'm coming from. Unfortunately, we're going to have just a limited amount of discussion. I'm going to try to make some time at the end of each class period so it's just open for everyone, anyone who wants to make a comment. Those may be few and far between. We'll see. If you do have a question or a comment, uh, if you take a look at your uh, Wednesday night sheet, below the word ladies, this is for gentlemen too, I don't know where ladies came from, you will see a box that has an email address and it has a, a website address. Uh, if you have a question or comment or a point that you think I need to make, make at the next class, go ahead and send me an email. If you send me an email, please make the title, the subject, the word revelation, so I can see it easily. I'll tell you in just a moment what the website's for. There are a lot of verses in the book of Revelation that are self-explanatory. I'm sorry, I'm going too fast for him. I have a habit of talking too fast, and his, his fingers are going to be smoking by the, by the time this 26 weeks are over. Um, many verses are self-explanatory, so I'm not going to insult your intelligence by covering them. So if we skip a verse that you really want us to cover, we can go back and cover it. But uh, the ones I skip, I skip for a reason. Some miscellaneous items that we're going to have in this class. The first one, I'm going to make all these slides that you see downloadable to you. That's what the website is for. At the end of each lesson, I'm going to make the slides that you see when I'm through with the deck of slides. I will make it available for you to download. If you do not have PowerPoint, I'm going to convert these slides to JPEGs and I'm going to zip them into a file. You can download the PowerPoint or the zipped up JPEG files or both. It's fine, either one. But I'm going to make those available to you so you can study them, memorize them. You can actually learn them to, to use them to, uh, to teach someone else if you'd like. 
One very unique part of the next 26 weeks is something called Revelation Characteristics. That's actually something I made up. Revelation Characteristics is... I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. It's... Tell you what, I won't be talking about it later on in the slides. We'll just let, we'll just let it go for then. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. It, it's, a way of, it's a way of describing some revelation characteristics and characteristics of the book by using completely other examples that have nothing to do with the book, actually. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Biblehub.com. How many of you have ever been to this website? You like that? Do y'all like that? you like I love that site. If you haven't used it, um, be sure and check that out tonight. We're going to be using it. A lot of the day, a lot of the information that we're going to be using as far as Greek came from this site. Revelation Illustrated. I'll talk about that in a minute. You had one job. I'll give credit to ESPN. I'll see if I'm brave enough. <laughs> to do this, there is some interesting comparisons between some of the hymns that we sing and some of the facts that the book of Revelation say. Sometimes they do not line up. We may be talking about those from time to time, so don't be surprised. I actually have a lady at Maysville. I taught a class about 15 years ago she actually, I must have skewered her, her, her sacred cow, I don't know. But she actually, it's the only time I've ever seen a person's face get red in a class because they were so mad. I don't know which song it was I was talking about, but ooh, that was bad. She actually talked, she's actually talking to me now, but she was real upset. So don't be surprised if perhaps I skewer one of your favorite cows. This is what the website looks like. As we finish a class, I'll put the slides in the JPEG zip files in, in these boxes, and you can download them at your convenience. This is the BibleHub.com. The way I use this, I will type in a verse, then I will hit the search icon. It will take you to a page that looks like this. This is the parallel page. There's 30-something translations that's supported by Bible Hub and you can see the, the, the parallel between a, a particular verse between all the different translations. If you click interlinear, you're going to get something very interesting. You're going to get this page. I know that's kind of hard to see. Every Greek word in the New Testament is in a box. It is in, it is in a box that has five columns. Those five columns are the third column, I'm sorry, it's in a box that has five rows. And each row is a particular piece of information. The third row of each box is the Greek word itself. The second row is the transliteration of that Greek word. The, the fourth row is the English translation of that word. The top row is actually one of the most useful rows. It's the cross-reference. The 602 that you see there is the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance reference number. The E is a link to the Englishman's Concordance, where, where that Greek word is discussed. The cross-references include Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, the New American Standard Exhaustive Concordance, 
Thayer's Greek lexicon, lexicon, I can't say that word, lexicon, and the Englishman's concordance. Then the fifth row of this box is the Greek parts of speech. In this link, you get, I don't know Greek that well, but you get the part of speech, the person, the tense, the mood, the voice, the case, the number, the gender, and the comparison. A very good cross-reference site, for sure. Here's the, here's the Revelation illustrated. 30,000 years ago, when my wife and I attended Mayfair, I, uh, I taught a Revelation class there, and I wanted some pictures. I wanted some, some good, reliable pictures of the book of Revelation. I was searching the internet, and I ran across this lady's pictures. Her name is Pat Smith. She owns Revelation Illustrated. She paints images and then provides electronic copies of these images of various, uh, various verses in the book of Revelation. Now, she is a, a self-proclaimed premillennialist, but she specifically said that she kept premillennialism out of her images so that everyone across the spectrum can enjoy them. When we get to chapter 1, uh, Brother Glenn Holmes is going to be reading each chapter for us. While he's reading, I'm going to display some of her images, some of her paintings for the particular verse that, uh, that Brother Glenn is, is, is uh, reading. The last time I taught Revelation back here in the classroom, a gentleman came to me couple of weeks later and asked me a question and actually it had never occurred to me. He said, why are we studying Revelation? Uh, I, I didn't know what to say actually. I said, well, it's in the Bible. It's a book inspired by God. I, I didn't really have a good, question, a good answer. Well, I spent some time thinking about it and I have 12 or 13 actual answers to that question now. Why do we study Revelation? To develop an independent working knowledge. You want to know the book of Revelation. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to develop your your knowledge of it. Over the next 26 weeks, we're going to be establishing a good foundation for you. But it's still going to be dependent upon you to go ahead and study it yourself and, and increase your knowledge of it. Why do you need an independent working knowledge? Well, to counter any incorrect interpretations. Hello. There we go. And there are a lot of them out there. Also, you're going to have to equip yourself with proofs from Revelation. I was talking to a premillennialist years ago. And he caught me off guard. He did something that I didn't understand. He was talking about how Jesus knows when he's going to return. And I knew the Bible says Mark, what, Mark 15, 35? Only God the Father knows. He said, well, Jesus knows now. I asked him, okay, how does Jesus know? He says, because God wrote the book of Revelation, Jesus read it, and now he knows. I said, well, how does reading the book of Revelation let Jesus know when he's returning to this earth, when the second coming is? He said, because the book of Revelation contains numbers and equations 
that Jesus understood. He plugged in the numbers into the equations and he came up with the date. So now he knows. So just being curious, I asked him, okay, I said, well, if Jesus knows that there's equations and there are numbers, and you know there's equations and numbers. What, is, what, what are the equations? What are the equations and what are the numbers? And he said, oh, no, no, no. Humans aren't smart enough to know what those are. And I said, but you just said that, that there are equations and there are numbers in there that you plug the numbers into the equations and you get... He said, well, that, 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 that's for Jesus to know. We aren't smart enough to know it. And I said, well, how do you know they're there? He said, they just are. I said, no, you don't understand me. How do you know the equations are there and what the numbers are to plug in so Jesus knows when he's coming in? And he answered again. He said, well, they just are. Every question I asked him after that, he said, it just is. They just are. If you want to talk to a premillennialist, and that's going to be the focus of this book, it's how you talk to a premillennialist and convince them that their premillennialism is wrong. If you're going to talk to one, you are going to have to be able to prove what you say from the book of Revelation. Your evidences and your proofs have to come from Revelation. Otherwise, you're going to be ignored. If you go up to a premillennialist and say, uh, Armageddon, let's take Armageddon. Armageddon is not the end of the world. Premillennialist is going to say, oh yes it is. If you say, no it's not, my Bible teacher said it wasn't. He's going to say, yes it is because my pastor, priest, reverend, very reverend, supreme reverend, whatever they call their preacher, told me it was and he would never tell me wrong. You're going to have to be able to prove from Revelation and you're not going to be able to just say, well, I think. Those are the two most dangerous words you can say talking about Revelation is I think because premillennialists will eat your lunch, I guarantee you. You might as well get your eyebrow muscles working because there's going to be a few eyebrow-raising moments. This may be one of them. The next one definitely is. Why study Revelation? So we'll no longer ignore the forbidden zone. The forbidden zone is my, is my affectionate term for chapters 6 through 20. We will absolutely wear out chapters 1, 2, and 3 and chapter 22. But we never talk about chapter 6 through 20, ever. So I, I just affectionately call that the forbidden zone. You study the book of Revelation, you're going to no longer for, ignore the forbidden zone, which seems to be a very, that seems to be very common in the churches of Christ, unfortunately. And I may as well slap myself on the wrist for this next one. The elders have seen this before, by the way, so, so they, they, they know this thing will not work. So they, they know what, what, what these slides are. Study the book of Revelation, you're definitely going to know why Christians suffer. In the, I don't know, 40, 50 years that I've been going around the different churches, I'm a preacher's kid, so I got to go to lots of different meetings gospel meetings all growing up. Every preacher that I, and I don't mean to be jumping on preacher's cases, but every time I hear a Bible class teacher or a preacher or a Devo leader talk about Christian suffering, why do they suffer? I have yet 
to ever hear a preacher reference the book of Revelation. And that is, that is sad. That is very unfortunate. The book of Revelation tells us how it all got started. It tells us why we suffer. It tells us who causes us to suffer. It tells us how it all got started. It gives us a history lesson on, people, on God's people's suffering. And it gives us a historical account of the people's suffering in the book of Revelation. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to search through the scripture and try to find some way to explain why Christians suffer. The forbidden zone tells you. Deeper insight into the hymns. This is going to be one that that is going to be an eyebrow raiser from time to time for you because we just don't talk about this, mainly because we don't really understand premillennialism, premillennialism that well. From time to time, we're going to be comparing some of our hymns that we sing with some of the facts that we run across in the book of Revelation. Another reason to study Revelation is to prove that there is no new doctrine in Revelation. You're not going to learn some new secret about God. Now, some of the things that you read throughout the New Testament, and sometimes the Old Testament, may be made clearer, but there is no new doctrine in the book of Revelation, and studying it, you're going to be able to prove it. Here's one of my pet peeves, oral traditions. We like to uh, say, okay, that religious group has oral traditions. That one over there does too. Well, so do we, unfortunately. We do have oral traditions, and we're going to be talking about some of those tonight and some of them throughout the book of Revelation. Hopefully, the study of the book of Revelation is going to clear up some of those oral traditions. God's view of an unrepentant sinner. I meant to say this earlier, but I didn't say it. There's going to be two times in this class where some adult material is going to be discussed. And God's view of an unrepentant sinner is one of them. The... uh, Every translation I see in BibleHub.com, including the King James Version and the New King James Version, kind of gloss over those Greek words. We're going to take a look at those Greek words. We're going to have a video, an archaeological video, in about week nine, I believe. And it's going to touch on an adult topic for about a minute. But it's it's... It's proving that something that the book of Revelation says is true. God's view of an unrepentant sinner. Relationship between Revelation verses. When we get to chapter 7, we've got a little surprise coming. There's a very interesting implication being made in chapter 7 regards to a verse in chapter 21 or 22. When you see these televangelists on TV talking about Revelation, and Jack Vanity is the world's worst about this, what they will do, they will pick one verse, one phrase of one verse in one chapter. They will skip two or three chapters, pick a phrase in another verse in that chapter. They'll skip to another one. They'll skip around five or six times. There is no way you even have time to look up that verse to see what the context is of that verse. And by 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 tracing this little thread through, they can basically make up their own narrative. They can make Revelation say pretty much anything they want it to say. 
But we're going to be able to find real relationships between the Revelation verses. You'll be able to pick those out. You'll have a foundation to build future knowledge. I believe we've already discussed that. You'll also see how to research Revelation, how to and how not to. Next week and the following week, you'll see detailed examples of that. Um, If you hear error long enough, you're going to believe it. Studying Revelation will hopefully eliminate that. Let me give you an example. My son came to me one day and said, Daddy, what is a designo? I said, a what? He said, a designo. What is a a designo? I said, Brandon, I've I've never heard that before. I said, where where did you hear that from? He said, Daddy, you know, Jesus loves me, designo. If you hear it long enough and you hear it wrong, you're going to start believing it. This was one of mine. It's a picture of two mice carrying a big chunk of cheese. I remember going home one morning from church with my parents when I was young, and I asked my mother, I said, why are we so happy about cheese, and why do we sing about it at church? She said, what? I said, we sing about cheese this morning. Why are we singing about cheese in church? She said, what are you talking about? I said, bringing in the cheese, bringing in the cheese. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the cheese. You hear it long enough, erroneously, you're going to believe it. There is a brown bear. This brown bear has eye issues. He's cross-eyed. This this brown bear, his name is Gladly, by the way. His name is Gladly. Gladly, the cross-eyed bear. If you hear the song long enough, erroneously, you're going to think that's what it says. This is going to get me in trouble. It's my favorite one. It's a cream pitcher. Instead of cream, it's got gravy in it. And in the middle of that gravy, there is a long stem rose. You know that one? Up from the gravy a rose? If you hear it long enough, you're going to believe it whether it's true or not. And that's what's happened with the book of Revelation. Now here's, here's some examples. Premillennialistic world says, Revelation is apocalyptic. It is about the apocalypse. It is about the end of world events. No, it's not. But how are you going to prove it? The four horsemen is what you see when you die. They're going to, those four horsemen are going to carry your soul to its final destination. No, they're not. Thank you, Hollywood, by the way, for that lie. But how do you prove it? Armageddon, oh, there's my favorite one. Armageddon is the destruction of the earth. The earth's going to be burned to a crisp. No, it's not. Let's skip that one. Well, let's go back to this one. When was the book of Revelation written? Okay, there's a huge food fight in the religious world. Here are are some of the possibilities. 54 AD, 58 AD, 60, 65, 66, 68, 70, 74, 79, 80, 85, 95, 96, 98, 100, and 110. And you take a breath after that. So which one's true? It's a fight out there. How do you prove it? Here's one that 
This one just makes me shake my head every time I hear someone talk about it. 666. Satan's number. Uh-oh. Real spooky, right? Real scary. It identifies the, the Antichrist. When the Antichrist is, 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 is found, that means Jesus' return is imminent. Interesting thing about it, though, is 666 does not appear in the book of Revelation. You really want to mess up someone's brain, especially a premillennialist, go tell them that 666 doesn't appear in the book of Revelation. In fact, 666 does not appear anywhere in the Bible. We will discuss that at a later date as well when we get to chapter 13. Okay. I'm going to have to be a little brave here. This is going to skewer some sacred cows. There is no sea. There is no crystal sea in heaven. We've got a lot of songs that says there are. No, it's not. Show me. It's not there. Now, fortunately, every song I've seen, they have a, they have a way of getting around it, which, is, which makes it okay. They, they don't f- fall for this crystal sea business. But still, there is no crystal sea in the, book of he- in, the, in the book of Revelation. There is no crystal sea in heaven. Oral traditions of the church. Okay, here's, here's where it gets tough. Here are three oral traditions that I have heard people tell me from the churches of Christ over the past 40 years. Ever since I took the course in, in college and was actually interested in the book of Revelation. Number one, Revelation is too difficult. No, it's not. It's only difficult because people make it difficult. If you let Revelation talk for itself and stop trying to talk for it, it's actually not not as hard as you think it is. Now, are we going to understand it all? Of course not. Do you understand everything in the book of Romans? No. Do you understand everything in the book of Hebrews? Not everything. How about Ezekiel? Nope. We're not going to understand everything in the book of Revelation, but we can understand it to, to a reasonable amount. A usable amount, in fact. I heard a preacher, not to jump on preachers, I'm sorry, but I heard a preacher tell me this years ago, he said, Revelation isn't applicable to us. Ouch! An inspired book in the Bible is not applicable to us? Ooh. That is a dangerous thing to say. Unfortunately, he believed it. Here's one that I hear a lot. And this isn't just the churches of Christ. This is, this is, this is other places as well. Revelation requires special training and special education. You aren't smart enough to know. You aren't smart enough to learn Revelation, basically, is what it is. And people who say this end up being people who are trying to be the smartest people in the room. You're going to find this online a lot, especially in the Revelation forums. And if you click the link, it's someone trying to sell you a book. There was one link that I kept falling for every time. It was, it was a particular topic I was interested in hearing you know, quotes from, from someone who thought they knew what they were talking about. Every time I clicked that in different pages, different forms, it always went back to the same book. Some guy was trying to sell his book on Revelation for $83 on Amazon. The book of Revelation does not require special training and education. It, you need to approach it a little differently, yes, than, than other books. But it's not unlearnable. 
With the book of Revelation, there is a saying, uh, a quote from a movie, and we'll get Keith Anderson to tell us who said this because he quoted it on your, you quoted it on your Facebook not long ago. The quote is, no, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. If you don't get anything out of this lesson tonight, this is it. You've got to understand this. It's not different. You're going to have to unlearn some of the things you have learned. Keith Anderson, what great philosopher said that? Yoda, yes. The little green puppet. We are going to have to set some rules in in this class over this next 26 weeks. Otherwise, we're going to get totally wrapped around the axle. The sources of truth permitted. The Bible, especially the book of Revelation. History, the first and second century. And to a limited extent, archaeology. Other sources are interesting to see what opponents of the Bible are saying. But, But as far as this class... As far as this class and where we get our source from, where we get our information from, it's these three things. Sources that are not permitted, oral traditions. We'll talk about oral traditions, but we're not going to take them on face value. If we can't prove them from the book of Revelation, then we need to throw them away. Not many things gets me riled up with the book of Revelation, but this one does. The scholarly community, the scholarly community says Book of Revelation was written in 95 AD. Most scholars say it was written in 95 AD. Well, some scholars say 68 AD or 65 or 58 or some other number. Every time someone wants to try to put some some credibility behind their, their belief, they always quote the scholarly community. And I don't know if this is true in other topics, but I do know it's true with Revelation. You have someone who claims to be a scholar in Revelation. Two things. Number one, they're lying to your face because number two, they're using the word scholar to mean expert. There is no expert. Actually, there's only been one expert on the book of Revelation. It's because he was inspired to see it and write it. If you see someone who claims to be scholar, scholarly, we are part of the scholarly community, especially with the book of Revelation, ignore them. They're wanting to sell you a book. They're wanting some money out of the deal. They are not experts. Let's see. James Andrews, Tim Orbison, and Glenn Colley, I've heard all three of them say, Christians are not scholars, They are students. We're not perfect. We don't know everything, but we do continue to study. And that's exactly the way it is with Revelation. Textbooks. I was going through my bookshelf cleaning it out, I don't know, several years ago. And I ran across a red book. It was a Revelation textbook, and I have no idea where it came from. I think my kids... Had a revelation class one time years ago, and that may have been used. I don't know where it came from, but uh, it found its way in the garbage can pretty quickly. Don't rely upon what other people think and what other people write in textbooks. That's dangerous. Don't even depend solely on what I say. If I can't prove it, then I don't need to be teaching it. 
If you can't prove it, you don't need to be believing it. And if you can't prove it, you don't need to be telling other people, for sure. Online forums, that's the worst place in the world to go. I, I listened to a... I listened to an MP3 off, one, off another congregation's website. And as I was listening, the guy was quoting from online forums. I know because I read the forums myself. And he would get deeper and deeper. Oh, it could be this or it could be that. So I got off of that one and went to another chapter. And he was doing the same thing there. Online forums are interesting to see what premillennialists are saying. But that's about all they're worth. You're not going to find much truth on those. Oh boy, I'm running out of time. And I'm only halfway through the slides. We'll have to pick this up next week probably. Interpretation of Revelation verses. The churches of Christ get into big trouble here. This is the order in which you have to interpret a Revelation verse. First, you've got to be consistent with the surrounding verses. You've got to be consistent with the chapter. You've got to be consistent with the theme of Revelation. You've got to be consistent with first century history. And fifth, you've got to be consistent with the remainder of the Bible. You've got to do it in that order or I guarantee you, you will get it wrong. In two weeks from now, I'm going to show you an example of where Someone for a group of people are interpreting a verse and they are picking up at number four, going with number four and number five, and they're ignoring one through three. I'm going to show you how they contradict the verses above it because they do that. You've got to do it in this order, otherwise, you're going to mess up. The book of Revelation is a story, it's laid out as a story. It is a theater play, a huge stage. It's a theater play on a huge stage unfolding before your very eyes. The book of Revelation has opening credits, chapter 1, first half of chapter 1. It has an opening monologue, the rest of chapter 1. It has a dedication section, chapters 2 and 3. It has an introduction to the main characters, chapters 4 and 5. It has a beginning Chapter 6 and 7, it has a middle. Chapter 8 until about chapter 15 or 16, it has an ending, chapter 17 through 20. It has a moral of the story, chapter 21 and 22. If that's not enough to convince you, the book of Revelation even has an intermission. No one knows why it's there. Some people say, well, maybe John was getting tired and God wanted to give him a break. Others say, no, it's just to make what was about to happen more dramatic. I don't know. It lasts for 30 minutes. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. So during the intermission, if you need to get more popcorn or Coke, you've got plenty of time. This is a slide that I came up with on my own. This This is just my own thinking here. I wish someone had done this for me 30 years ago. How do you gauge your knowledge of the book of Revelation? How do you know if you're getting it? I have four suggestions with one bonus. First, can I discuss and prove evidence for the meaning of the Revelation tribulation? Can I prove what the tribulation is? Because everything in the book of Revelation revolves around 
the tribulation. I will show you an outline coming up in a week or two. Everything revolves around tribulation. If you get the tribulation wrong, you've got revelation wrong. Can you prove from revelation what the tribulation is? Can I support my revelation claims with evidences and proofs coming from the book of Revelation, not any other book? Remember, premillennialists aren't going to believe you if you get it from any book but Revelation. I guess I should explain that. I haven't explained that yet, have I? I read a, whenever I was talking to that premillennialist about when Jesus is going to return, he ignored the verse in Mark, and I could not figure out why. It turns out, ooh, it turns out the premillennialists think that the Bible was written by human beings, and as a result, Error was inherently introduced into the Scriptures. So much so that God had to write His own book in order to clear up some of these errors. So if a premillennialist interpretation of the book of Revelation contradicts another verse in the Bible, that's not a problem. That's just God correcting an error. Anything you say about Revelation, you're going to have to prove it from Revelation. You cannot quote Genesis through Jude and expect to get anywhere. Can I discuss the doctrine of premillennialistic afterlife factually? There are two branches of premillennialism. Apologetic Express uh, actually concentrates mainly on the prediction of the end of the world. That doesn't really interest me. What interests me is the premillennialistic doctrine of the afterlife. There is, is where the problem is. We can prove all day long that their prediction of the end of the world is, is wrong their afterlife doctrine is really bad. And that's, that's what we're going to have, to have to discuss with them. Fourth, can I articulate ev- evidences of premillennialist contradiction with the re- revelation? Do I have time for this? Let me see if I can squeeze this in. Let me give you an example of this. You go to a premillennialist. You say, you say, Armageddon is not the end of the world. They say, yes, it is. You say, no, it's not. How do you know? Well, my Bible class teacher said it wasn't. Well, my preacher said it was. Instead of getting into a fight with them, use the book of Revelation to discuss it with them. I did this with a premillennialist one time, and he got totally wrapped around the axle. I was very surprised. I said, you know, there's something I don't understand the premillennialistic doctrine of Armageddon says that Armageddon is the end of the world. But then you also have the thousand-year reign coming up that's going to be on that earth. How can Armageddon be the end of the world in chapter 16 and then in chapter 20 you have a thousand-year reign on that same earth? How can you have a thousand-year reign on earth in chapter 20 when the earth is destroyed in chapter 16? He didn't even know Armageddon was in chapter 16. He didn't know the thousand year reign was in chapter 20. That's how you use the book of Revelation and the doctrines of the premillennialisms to the premillennialists to, to, to show them the error, to show them the contradictions. Can I accurately detect verse associations with Revelation? We talked about this just a moment ago. Jack Vanipy likes to jump around a lot. There is, there's a very interesting implication in chapter 7 that we will talk about when we get to chapter 7. But as we go along, you're going to see how verses in some chapters 
uh, relate to chapters, uh, verses in other chapters. Three observations, real quick. I have to give credit to my uh, college professor for these. These are his sayings. Revelation is a complex vision coming to John. We have to examine all the symbols and put them together to figure them out. It is like a tapestry woven one thread at a time. Oh boy, is it ever. It really is a tapestry woven one thread at a time. Every chapter builds upon the previous chapter until finally you have the full story. Still, there is a level of understanding at which we can read the book of Revelation if we stay within its symbolic interpretation and historical context. He also tossed this one in in there. He said, if there is an idea or explanation of Revelation with which you do not agree, it's your responsibility to come up with a better idea that fits perfectly while not contradicting the context of Revelation or the Bible. I'm going to skip these, these charts. That's the, the four philosophies of interpretation. That's not terribly exciting. You can go and see those online. Five themes of revelation. God knows his faithful individually. God understands the struggles of his faithful. God is in control. God wants his faithful to remain faithful. And he wants his faithful to live with him in heaven. Okay. I have some homework assignments for you, but that'll be for next week, I guess. We have had some classes this year that actually spoke directly to some topics in the book of Revelation. What I would like for you to do is to go back and look at and and read some of, uh, go back and listen to some of these MP3s that are stored on the West Huntsville website and come up to speed on these topics. Um... I'll just listen all here. You can read them real quick. I'm not sure about that third one. I've been talking to Kerry Waddell. There's, he, he spoke earlier this year about the Cohens, C-O-H-E-N. I think it's that one, but I'm not sure. Uh, we're going to make a direct, con- a direct reference to them in a few weeks. Um, a couple from Mark Bailey's Fortifying Our Faith. Those are, those are important. Okay, we'll pick up here next week. And if you have questions or comments or, or statements, uh, feel free to get this West Huntsville Wednesday evening sheet. Send me an email and we'll discuss it or I'll discuss it the next time we meet. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, Please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.